We were talking earlier about the schedule of starting a business, having a kid and being pregnant. You know, I made sure that I were, I, I worked out, you know, all the way up until my due date, but it was not the hour long workouts that I did. Right. I would just take 15 minutes and do a couple push-ups and some lunges, you know, and just do what I could do in that allotted amount of time. And it was completely effective. You know, it doesn't have to be a whole lot of time. I think a lot of times people think, all right, I have to like make sure that I've got to like go to the gym for an hour and I have to like get my bag and it can become this big production. I think that's what freaks people out sometimes that commitment, but little habits, you know, doing 10 push-ups in the morning, you know, if you can do 10 push-ups on your toes, that's, I would say it's stronger than the average person that I see in a lot of my classes. So if you can do that and you do that consistently every day and then you bump it up to 15, you bump it up to 20, it doesn't take a whole lot of time. Um, and these are really accessible, really simple things that you can do. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today, we're going to explore the intersection between Kamari and your fitness routine. Our guest is Ashley Barber, founder of Simply Maven. She's Houston's first certified Kamari consultant with over a decade worth of experience in group fitness. Ashley blends her health and wellness knowledge with the Kamari method to teach her clients the best way to declutter their possessions, organize their home, and create their best lives. Welcome to Spark Joy, Ashley. Hi, thank you. Welcome to Spark Joy. Thank you. So I guess we'd like to start, Ashley, if you could tell us a little bit about the first moment that you discovered KonMari and how you decided to turn that organizational style into your profession. Can you just like walk us through how you got to Simply Maven? Yes, I can. So it was kind of a long path or a slow burn path, if you will. You know, I found the book a while before I decided to go the consultant route. I have one of those friends who just kind of knows like everything, you know, she's just like in the know. She pointed me in the direction of the book and I picked it up and just loved it. I had always really been into organizing and keeping things, you know, tidy. Although that probably wasn't the word I would have chosen at the time. And so I read the book, loved it, uh, put it into practice in my own home. Um, We had a small little bungalow in an area of Houston called the Heights. And it's just, it was tiny. It was just me and my husband. It's our first home. We just wanted to make the small footprint work for us. We were there for a little less than a year when we found out we were pregnant with our first baby. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, that just kind of really made the the KonMari practice feel even more imperative. <laughs> so, um, you know, now it wasn't just about making a space for us in our home. It was about making space for a new person in our home too. And so that really kind of clarified that vision for what the, the life was going to be. And we lived like that for a while. And, um, you know, being a working mom, I went back to work after having my first son and was um, trying to continue to like hone what that, that ideal vision was for, for my lifestyle. And as I got more and more clarity on that, I realized I was looking for a change in my career. Um, wanted more flexibility, more time to be a mom, more control over my hours and what my responsibilities were. And the same friend that introduced me to the book was the one who told me about Marie Kondo had been doing consultant training and um, she had already done the one in New York and was offering the one in San Francisco um, in mid-December. 
This is 2016. This was around Thanksgiving. I booked my flight like almost immediately. I just decided like, I'm just going to go see what the seminar is about. I wasn't sure that that was going to be my career path. I just really wanted to do something for me and it just sounded interesting. And once I went to the seminar, I was just totally hooked. It was just wonderful to be around so many people who could geek out over folding shirts the way that I could. And I just really, really enjoyed the training and came back and started practicing with some friends and colleagues and leading tidying sessions in their homes and ended up going through the the full certification process. And it's been great. I've started my own business. I started Simply Maven in October of 2017. So about a year after I had gone to the training, found out I was pregnant with baby number two shortly after that. <laughs> and so I um, had started my business and then, you know, dealt with pregnancy and all of that. And uh, then right after I had my second baby kind of really have hit the ground running. And it's been a really, really wonderful um, experience. Very cool. And we want to definitely start to dissect kind of this intersection (laughs) that you have here because you have that background in Mm -hmm. health and fitness. We believe here at Spark Joy that Kunmari falls very cleanly under the larger umbrella of health and wellness. And it's quite similar to executing a fitness goal or training program. Can you expand on the ways fitness and Kunmari intersect based on your experience in both? Yes, absolutely. So they intersect in um, so many ways. Like you mentioned, kind of like in learning a new skill or implementing a new program. They're both self-care practices, in my opinion. And they also, mindset is really a key player in successfully completing a tidying marathon as well as um, a physical marathon (laughs) or whatever your fitness goal may be. The mindset is really thinking of yourself as like a tidy person or as an exerciser, I think is really important. We all go through these like cycles of life, right? Where things get busy and maybe we don't exercise as much as we wanted to, or we don't like clean up as much as we want to, or the the clutter starts to accumulate. So considering yourself either a tidy person or an exerciser, even during those phases, I think is really, really important. And knowing that we all have the skills to be one to be a tidy person, to be a fit person. Um, It's just a matter of taking the time to do it and thinking of ourselves that way. Speaking of cycles of life, I mentioned on our last show of 2018, I really had a very singular focus at the end of 2018. I had three business goals and whatever fell outside of those three business goals just were not a priority. And because I was limited to three and because they were all business, I didn't put any intensive focus on my health. Mm -hmm. But this year is completely different where I have one out of my three major singular 90 day goals being health. So I selfishly have some questions for you (laughs) because I would love for you to share ways I can spark joy in my own workout routine and most importantly, make that habit stick. Yes. This is something that gets talked about um, in the KonMari books a lot, actually, right? Is that the trick to finding something you can stick with is finding something you enjoy and being able to find things that spark joy around that activity so that you actually want to do it. You have the motivation to do it. If you're having a hard time finding a movement, like a physical movement that you enjoy, then there's other ways to bring enjoyment to getting fit as well. Like, um, for example, making it a date with a friend, finding some active wear that you love, um, or making sure that you go somewhere that you really love to work out. So there's so many aspects, I think, 
of a someone's fitness routine that you can joy check. You can actually joy check the type of movement or the type of exercise. Is it not um, intense enough or is it too intense? Do you need to go a more relaxing yoga route or are you looking for more of that like indoor cycling, really good sweat session? You know, like how much do you want to feel the burn? How much do you not want to feel the burn? I think you can joy check your gear, like your outfits and equipment. So are you feeling good in what you're wearing to go work out in? It sounds so silly. And I know not everyone wants to budget for, it seems like I'm, I'm going to go sweat in this stuff. Why do I want to spend the money on activewear? But if you feel really good about what you're in and you can move in it and it wicks sweat well, and it's just comfortable, it really can make the whole exercise process just that much more enjoyable if you're not self-conscious about what you're wearing. If it's in a group X setting or a public setting, of course, or the equipment that you use, you know, it has to feel good. If you've got like dumbbells at home or whatever, um, or maybe it's like a resistance strap or a yoga mat, if it's a yoga mat's a great example, right? Because people are always looking for like good yoga mats, <laughs> ones that they're not going to slip on. Everyone's always, you know, complaining about the slipping. So finding a non-slip yoga mat or one that doesn't bother you or some way to deal with that is going to be important. And I think the environment, the workout environment is another thing. Do you want to consider? Do you like to be outside or do you like to be inside? You know, do you like music or do you not like music? Do you want to be alone or do you like to work out in a group? You know, do you get motivated by being around other people? My husband does not like group exercise. He is very much a, he just wants to kind of do his workout on his own. For me, I love group exercise. I tend to be motivated if I'm surrounded by people. It just, I've pushed myself harder in that capacity. So that works well for me, but everyone has to kind of know um, what their, what their recipe is. That's very interesting. So there's definitely layers of joy here, different factors Mm -hmm. that I'd have to explore. Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying about that first one, type of activity and the level Mm -hmm. of intensity, because I've never been a fan of CrossFit, but Mm -hmm. I've tried to meet CrossFit somewhere in the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. So (laughs) more CrossFit-ish type activities. Mm -hmm. Uh, So somewhere between running and CrossFit, that's probably Mm -hmm. where I land in terms of intensity I'm comfortable with. And then environment is very important for where I am in Chicago, because as much as I would love to run or do something outside, that's just not going to be joyful in the winter. Mm -hmm. So I have to almost add some variety, I guess, also Mm -hmm. to my program so that I'm doing different things in the winter versus the summer. And I get also what you're saying about equipment, because... I have struggled to find the best yoga mat. I don't have the slipping issue, but I do have the cushion issue, like a lot of cushion in my mat. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned gear as well. And that's important. I have great quality gear, but I also need to buy higher waisted yoga pants. I've been Mm -hmm. doing that over time and bought some more over Christmas. Keep like replacing them as I go. So -hmm. that's great. So there's different factors, activity, gear, equipment and environment that keeps it joyful. Mm -hmm. Love that. Great advice. And I think for me, just listening to you talk about this, uh, certainly the environment and the things that you wear, you know, Marie talks a lot about this idea that no matter whether you're sleeping in something or just lounging around the house or certainly exercising, Mm -hmm. it should still be something that you feel is still your best. You're feeling your best no matter what you're doing. And there are so many cute exercise clothes and there are so (laughs) many, but not just cute. I mean, there's also things that feel good and that Mm -hmm. feel, you know, that you feel comfortable in. And I think that that's so important, regardless of where you're at in that continuum of feeling like you're fit or that you're just getting there, that you're just getting started. No matter where you're at, there's 
one thing that you can do is wear something that that's suited to the exercise that you do. For me, when I was in the best shape of my life, I had a job that ended at 5 or 5.30 every day. And I could go to the gym and did almost every day for sometimes three and four hours. I would do class after class, back up, you know, one class after another, and then lift weights. I was very big into weightlifting. And I loved it, but that's just not part of my life anymore. I mean, there's just no way my life or my business would ever support doing that kind of work, which I think is probably true for, you know, most people, especially, you know, someone who is running their own business and certainly somebody who has kids. It's just not possible. So what I did or what I try to do is that for me, my core love when it comes to fitness is lifting weights. Well, the great thing about lifting weights for me is that you can actually do it in a pretty limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. Oh, and another thing I think, the environment is so important and investing in a good gym that's very close to me is probably one of the best investments that I make every month. It's the best bill that I pay every month and it makes a huge difference to me. Although I think that as long as you feel good where you're working out, whether it's outside or in your living room or whatever, what's important is that you feel good about the environment that you're in. Absolutely. I love how you mentioned like what you used to do versus what you do now, because I think it's so important to find a routine that can evolve with you for sure. You know, I, when I first started in the fitness industry, when I was, you know, in my early twenties, I would teach 15 classes a week on a regular. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what I'm doing anymore. (laughs) And so, you know, I feel you about the going to the gym for hours and when it's, when you can do it, it, that's great, but that is not sustainable for most people. And most people are lucky if they can find, you know, half an hour a day. Right. Um, And I think it's really important for people to know that sometimes consistency is more important than intensity. So Mm -hmm. even if it's like five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, just some way that you can be active every day is better than not being active. And maybe that's just walking around. Maybe it's parking a little bit further from, you know, the entrance of the store, wherever it is that you're going, taking the option to walk or bike if you can, if it makes sense to you. Going back to that idea of like identifying yourself as an active person, as someone who exercises and trying to take that option whenever possible. Like if you're someone who is starting from ground zero, then I think finding some kind of movement that you enjoy, that you feel inspired to do at least a little bit every single day is a good place to start. No, I think that makes so much sense. I love what you said about some kind of movement, just any kind, because I think sometimes I don't give myself enough credit for even just walking my dog Mm -hmm. a little further Mm -hmm. than usual or Mm -hmm. like picking up trash around my neighborhood. I mean, those are fitness exercises, but they're just not as obvious as running or making it to the gym. Also, this year, I'm trying something new where I'm putting one goal on a kind of standalone calendar. So I got this idea from this really cool Kickstarter campaign, which we can link in our show notes. It's this really, really basic calendar that just has every day of the year on it. And you choose for the year what's going to be that one habit that you track. So again, it's drilling down. What's the simplest thing? What can I track and make sure I do every day? Is it drinking water? Is it taking vitamins? Mm -hmm. Is it putting running shoes on uh, and going out? So I think mine, I haven't landed on what it's going to be for this year, (laughs) but I think mine is going to be something to do with fitness because although I have, the, like I said, those two other goals I'll be focusing on during the first 90 days of this year that are business, I really 
place the highest importance on the health goal. So we'll link that calendar. I've made kind of a basic analog version of it with pen and paper uh, for my office, but it's pretty cool. Can I make a really basic suggestion? Sure. Plank, a forearm plank or a straight arm plank. It's like one of the best things that you can do for your body. You know, Karen was talking about how she loves to lift weights and I'm I'm all about muscle toning and strength training. To me, that is the cornerstone of any good health routine. I think a lot of people tend to go cardio first, but getting strong in your body and creating lean muscle mass is I think one of the best things that you can do for your, your health at like any stage. And just being able to hold a plank for a minute or two minutes or however long you can go for is if there's one exercise that you're going to do every single day, I would make it a plank. I love that. I've done nothing but like leg focus um, Mm -hmm. exercises almost all my life, cross country, Mm -hmm. track, kickboxing. Uh, So I love anything that's really going to help my core and my upper body strength. And I hate push-ups. So I love that idea. <laughs> well, and a plank is one of those full body workouts yeah. in, mm-hmm. in and of itself, which is why, um, why it's so perfect. I'm and all about you can efficiency. do it anywhere. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, why I love it. I'm all about efficiency. It's <laughs> one of the best. It's for everything. You can do it anywhere. You don't have to, you don't need anything to do it. And one minute of it can be stupid effective. If you can hold a plank for a minute, you're in good shape. If you can hold it for two or three minutes, you're in really good shape. Plank calendar, it is. It's official. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so kind of getting back to you know doing the exercise without really thinking about it as exercise. Mm. Certainly, when you kanmari, you are physically moving around, oh, yeah. and for some of us, it can be quite a physical challenge, especially on books day. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, having helped you know more than a few clients with right? their books, I know exactly what you mean. I know, especially um, if they have stairs, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Or getting, getting all that stuff out from under the bed. That's another uh-huh. big. <laughs> what, what are some of the other ways that we can align our home while we're doing a Kanmai uh, marathon or doing our, our Kanmai categories? So that once we're done, our ideal living environment is supportive of, you know, our goals toward fitness and wellness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think she puts a lot of emphasis on putting things where you can like honor them and appreciate them, right? Going back to the idea of of the activewear or the gear, um, making sure that it's somewhere that you can see it or that you can cherish it. A lot of times I'll work with clients who maybe they have a goal of like wanting to be more active or exercise more. And yet the place where they store their active wear is like in the deepest, darkest corner of their dresser, even if it is folded in the KonMari fashion. So I try to encourage people to put it maybe a little bit like higher in the dresser or further to the front of the closet so that it has a little bit more place of prominence if that's something that they're going for, right? Like if you want that to become part of your daily routine, you've got your underwear and your socks and the things that you go for, make the active wear the next category so that becomes the next thing you go for in your mind. I'm organizing it in that way. So it's it's becomes more of like something that's integrated into your daily habits. I think having a space in your home, if you are going to try to work out at home, having a space in your home that you can really allow to do that, that creates an environment and an energy that you want to spend time in and keeping some equipment there, um, or just other ways that you can kind of like prompt yourself to go take a class too, or just like have that bag in a visible place or the shoes in a visible place or whatever the gear is, just so that you're inspired to do it on a regular basis. Those are great suggestions. And I will confess to 
sometimes sleeping in my workout clothes because I had an early morning workout that I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. It sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but it works. It does. I know. I know a lot of people who, especially when you've got those early, early ones, that's not uncommon, <laughs> especially because it can be pretty comfortable. Sure. Um, I will say though, if you were going to create a space to work out in your home, and I realize that this isn't an option for everybody, depending on the size of your home, but I do try to not work out in my bedroom. I do think that that needs to be like a restful space. I will do like yin yoga or meditation and things like that. But mm-hmm. if I'm going to like do like an in-home workout, I try to take it to um, one of the more energetic areas in, in my home. Perfect. And will we have to, of course, address those who are at the top of the year and maybe just starting their Karmari events mm-hmm. and interested in shifting attention over time to fitness, but are really just starting to shift their mindset to focusing on organization. So what are some simple ways they could start incorporating more health and wellness into their ideal lifestyle or even just their vision at the very top of a Karmari event? Yeah, I think you have to visualize it as part of a regular routine. Going back to that idea of identifying as someone who is active or someone who kind of moves throughout their day. One of the exercises I like to do when trying to envision that ideal lifestyle is I do a what's called a perfect day exercise. It's a pretty popular one. I'm sure people have tried it before, but it's basically you want to kind of visualize what is it like when you wake up? Where are you? What's the first thing you do? What do you put on? And go through your day like in extreme detail. Um, Where do you go next? What do you eat for breakfast? Then what happens? Do you run any errands? Do you go to work? So writing out that kind of whole day and thinking about where is the workout going to go? Where is the exercise going to go? Where is the move it going to go? You know, do you do an hour in the morning or do you do an hour in the evening? Or do you do a little bit of movement when you wake up and then maybe a bigger workout at lunch and then a little bit of movement in the evening? Just figuring out what's going to make sense for your schedule for that ideal vision and remembering that it if you can commit an hour, then that's wonderful. But if you can't, a little bit goes a long way. You know, we were talking earlier about the schedule of starting a business, having a kid and being pregnant. You know, I made sure that I were, I, I worked out, you know, all the way up until my due date, but it was not the hour long workouts that I did, right? I would just take 15 minutes and do a couple push-ups and some lunges, you know, and just do what I could do in that allotted amount of time. And it was completely effective. It doesn't have to be a whole lot of time. I think a lot of times people think, all right, I have to like make sure that I've got to like go to the gym for an hour and I have to like get my bag and it can become this big production. I think that's what freaks people out sometimes that commitment, but little habits, you know, doing 10 push-ups in the morning. If you can do 10 push-ups on your toes, I would say it's stronger than the average person that I see in a lot of my classes. So if you can do that and you do that consistently every day and then you bump it up to 15, you bump it up to 20, it doesn't take a whole lot of time. Um, And these are really accessible, really simple things that you can do. But again, it's just about putting it in that regular routine mindset or putting it in your calendar and keeping that date with yourself, making it a priority. I think that loops back to what you were saying about how both fitness and Kunmari are really in the realm of Mm self-care and how they both require making boundaries and time for yourself. Mm -hmm. How long or how much that time is, you're saying, is not as important to just the consistency of giving yourself maybe at the minimum five minutes a day. I imagine with all of the responsibilities you have, that could be quite difficult. You could almost go through a whole day and all 
of your time, energy, resources are spent giving your energy to others. Uh, so I love that you have inspired us by saying you worked up all the way or you worked out all the way to your I did. due date. That's Girl, amazing. There is social media me- proof of me doing pushups. I'm 41 <laughs> weeks pregnant. <laughs> That's so great. Wow. Superwoman. (laughs) I love the timer trick. I I use timers a lot to when I'm just like, if I've got like a moment to squeeze something in and, and I do it all the time. It's like, if you, if you need to work out that day, but you're feeling overwhelmed about when you're going to get it in, say like, okay, what feels like, can I do five minutes? Can I do 10 minutes? And then just put on a timer for five minutes and just do what you can do until the timer goes off and then be like, okay, I did that. And that's enough for today. You know, give yourself that credit. If you can do 10, great. If you can do 15, great. But yeah, going back to just doing what you can do, but making it consistent. And what I find is like, there's like an upward spiral. So once you kind of start doing that, you'll start to feel good, right? And the the better you feel, the more you want to keep doing it. And then it becomes more of a habit. You've got that motivation to keep going. Well, that kind of brings us to this idea of, you know, maybe the nitty gritty of for someone who is just getting started, maybe they are trying to figure out how and what type of fitness they want to incorporate into their ideal lifestyle as they begin their KonMari process. And and maybe it's someone who's never really worked out before and they really don't know what they like or what's going to be best for them, for their body, for their personality. Where would you suggest someone start looking for a fitness program that's going to work best for them? Well, I mean, it's different kind of everywhere, right? So the internet (laughs) is one good place. (laughs) You can just kind of Google what's around you. First of all, I think decide what kind of environment you're looking for. Think about the things that you like that aren't working out. Um, And what do those things have in common? Do you like music? Do you like to be outside? Do you like to be around people? Do you like to be by yourself? And maybe kind of let that help you like narrow down like what kind of workout would enjoy? Well, I like music and I like being around people. Maybe I should go look into rhythm-based group exercise classes. Or it's like, you know what, I like being outside and I tend to like being by myself. And I know like I I like to really sweat. um, So maybe I should do like some strength training or like go like start running outside or something, you know, so taking that moment of self-awareness, figuring out what you're into. Uh, maybe you're into sports, maybe, um, maybe you're not really into sports, maybe you're kind of more of a like Zen person, just think about the things that appeal to you outside of fitness. And then think about kind of the, the other areas that align with that, you know, what are some different workout routines that have similarities to the other things that you enjoy? There are services out there that like allow you to, to try various studios around town. There are a lot of gyms and studios that offer a variety of classes. Um, so if you join one particular gym, they may have bar classes, they may have spin classes, they may have yoga, they may have dance. You can kind of see, um, and I would recommend just trying a, a couple different of those. Think about what your personality is, what kind of community you're looking for. Ask friends for recommendations. Get a buddy to go with you. Accountability is huge when it comes to this kind of stuff. So if there's a friend that that you can kind of do this with, that always helps too. It's like know yourself first and then just experiment. Try until you find something that clicks. 
Yeah. And some of the best decisions I ever made were just simply process of elimination. (laughs) So I totally understand what you're saying. And that's a great way to narrow down what really works. Yeah. I mean, unless you take a class, you're like, oh my God, that was the best thing ever. I would definitely recommend like sampling things as much as you can. And most studios usually have like a new client special or something for either, especially at the beginning of the new year, either, you know, first class free or some kind of discounted pack or, you know, a good price for like uh, an unlimited week or an unlimited month or something like that. Take advantage of it. Give it a try. I will say that for if you're very new to exercising and it's not something you gravitate towards naturally, I always try to say, try to give things like three times, like try something three times before you decide completely against it. A lot of times the first time you're just kind of like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing? The second time you're like, oh, okay, I kind of know what we're doing and I can follow along, you know, and oh, I remember this. And then the third time you can actually like be in it and experience it because you've done it a couple of times before. So if it's something really brand new to you, uh, it's just something to consider. Sometimes it takes a couple tries to really get it to make sense. To add to that tip, it made me think about something I learned because I definitely sample fitness classes and uh-huh. I realized the important is not so much the activity. Usually by the first time you try it, you're like, okay, I either like this or don't like it. But yeah. the music for me is yeah. really <laughs> a factor that has to spark joy. So mm-hmm. I have to go to different instructors or I have to ask a lot of questions about the music that's played in different classes mm-hmm. because it can be drastically different and yeah. it can like change the entire experience. So I have to make sure that the instructor, the music and the time of day when the class is offered all align, which require a lot of sampling. So I just (laughs) want to add to that totally for this whole sampling idea. Uh, And yeah, we're at the top of the year. There's tons of advertisements around already about fitness programs Mm because we're all trying to start our year off on the right foot. That's right. But I will definitely say that one of the things that you notice if you're a regular gym goer is what January is like at the gym. So (laughs) everyone tends to be very enthusiastic at this time of the year. And what can happen is that if you approach it too quickly and Mm -hmm. hit it too hard, Mm -hmm. you will be sore, tired, and discouraged very quickly. So, you know, I think it's important to kind of move into something like that gradually, especially if it's not something that's been a part of your life. So I love that. um, Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. So that just reminds me that like even when you're taking classes, I feel like a lot of times there's, um, I'm just going to come out and say there's a little bit of ego when we're in the, <laughs> in the group sure. workout classes. Right. Um, and I think it's so important and this can be challenging, but it's important to just really focus on your body. And this is where the spark joy comes in. What feels good in your body, right? Like what is not going to drain you, but what is going to energize you? right? What kind of movement or what kind of workout, um, you know, the goal is not to be so exhausted that you have to go home and take a nap, right? The goal (laughs) is to like feel good and leave with a pep in your step, like ready to conquer the world. Like that's what a good workout should do for you. You know, and I think we're kind of in this like culture where like, I hate this term, people are like, I need to get like shredded. You know, (laughs) I want people to be good to their bodies, you know, um, and really find movement that like, brings joy to the body, to the workout routine in the way that they feel good. They feel energized. It's sustainable when you do that. You minimize your risk of injury. Um, so when you are in these classes, you know, listening to the instruction and taking that carefully, but also having 
that doing a joy check on yourself, like physically, Mm. like, does this feel right for me? There is a fine line, you know, and you just have to kind of know where you have to listen to your body and be very aware of where that line is. You know, I love to feel the burn. I love to sweat. I love to be sore. I love to work. Um, At the same time, I know that I'm going to have to teach classes, you know, either later that day, or I'm going to have to make sure that I can run after my kids, or I'm going to have to, you know, go five hours in a session with a client. So, you know, you know what you've got going on in your life. Your workout routine is there to enhance support and, you know, uplift your life. And I think also one thing for me is is recognizing that it's okay to not keep up yes. with the class and that nobody's paying any attention to me in the class. They're too busy with their own workout. So mm-hmm. it's okay if I don't do it perfectly or even even if I don't do all of it or I stop in the middle or whatever, I take a break or whatever. Yes. It's perfectly fine. And yeah. it's more important that it work for me that I'm there in the class for myself and no one else. Absolutely. Yeah. But so now going back to the other side of your Mm -hmm. brain. Yeah. Let's go back to KonMari and tell us a little bit about your favorite tidying tip. My favorite tidying tip is the one that I didn't do the first time I did it by myself. And that's the really taking the time to visualize where you want to go. I was the classic first time reader that I was like, this is so good. And I just like wanted to jump right in. And then after kind of like doing it that way, I realized I needed to go back and really take that time to visualize. So do the work up front to really see where you want to go so that you can make some really clear, great decisions as you're going through the process. That's a great tip. And we always ask our guests, at this very moment, what sparks so much joy for you? My kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 100%. They're just so much fun. And my littlest one <laughs> is a very, very, he's four months and he is just, just so smiley and so cute. And, um, We've been laughing. He's like, Oprah, he's like, you get a smile and you get a smile. He just smiles at everybody. (laughs) So they're both very sweet. Awesome. And you've brought so much joy to something that really stresses people out usually, which is fitness. (laughs) So we'd love to close with any parting words you have for our listeners. Uh, Yeah. So tidying is about the process of bringing more joy into your life. And I think working out should be the same too. I like to think of it as like a celebration of what your body can do. Every time you move, like every time you wake up, be thankful to your heart, to your lungs for keeping you there, coming from that like attitude of gratitude for your own body, you know, your feet, your legs that support you, your arms that get you through the day. Just really celebrate what your body can do. Don't hold yourself back. Like a lot of times you can probably do more than you even realize. The body's an amazing, resilient thing. Great. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I was so glad to have you here today. Thank you. It was a pleasure getting to speak with both of you. I really appreciate you having me on. To connect with Ashley, you can find her at simplymavenhtx.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Just for SparkJoy listeners, Ashley is offering a 10% discount on active tidying sessions in Houston when you contact her and mention SparkJoy podcast. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask SparkJoy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our SparkJoy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the SparkJoy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at SparkJoyPodcast. Thanks for tuning in. 
and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.